NBA Odds Pod on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. The NFL playoffs are heating up, and MyBookie is the place you want to be to get in on the action. Use promo code SGP to receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets. Promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. We're also brought to you by DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use code SGP. For a limited time, both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500 on your next deposit. Remember, that's code SGP, and you can get a deposit bonus up to $500 only at DraftKings. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Finally, we're brought to you by PropSwap. PropSwap is America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com to find better odds than your local book. Plus, when you use the promo code SGP, you get a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. Uh, Okay, welcome to NBA Odds Pod. Uh, it is another week of the NBA, and I am joined today uh, by a contributor to the sportsgamblingpodcast.com. He is a, a, a regular writer for us. He goes by Wise Guy. How's it going, Wise Guy? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Uh, very good. Very good. Thank you. Uh, you are up in Canada, yeah? Yes. Uh, I'm in Toronto, um, so we're very happy with our recent Raptors championship um, and not so happy with the fact that it seems to rain and snow or do a million other things every other day of the year. I don't know what it is about you Canadians, but this is the 13th show and you are already the third Canadian I've had on. That's like pretty good odds. How is that possible? You guys like sports gambling. Uh, that's probably true. I, th- I also do think, though, that you know, when it comes to lots of things, you know, like entertainment movies and things like that, that Canadians are overrepresented. And there's lots of things you watch on TV, and you're like, oh, I never heard of, that. I never seen that guy before, that girl before. It's like, oh yeah, he's from Canada. So you guys are like quietly like just mining all kinds of sports gambling and uh, Hollywood talent up there. Yeah, except we don't have legalized sports gambling in the way that lots of states are sort of going that route. Uh, for a long time here in Toronto, and I think in some other places in Canada, we've had the company's called ProLine, but it's basically only parlay betting. So the odds are never good enough, and your chances of actually winning anything are really, really terrible, okay. as anyone who's ever done a, has ever done a parlay knows. But we don't have you know individual game betting yet. All right. Well, yeah, you just have to still go with the offshore books, huh? You bet. Do you want to tell listeners where they can find you online? Sure. So um, before I started writing at SGP, I've been writing for a bunch of other places. Uh, the, uh, the place I've been at longest um, going on, I was actually looking at some records the other day, about 10 years, um, is a website called capperspicks.com. Uh, there I write about football, basketball, baseball, soccer, even a little golf and MMA, depending on if they need it. Uh, so I've been with them for, like I said, over 10 years. I also do some writing currently now for a website called pickswise.com, P-I-C-K-S-wise.com. Um, and then over that time, there's been some things that have come and gone. 
as uh, as websites tend to go. But yeah, yeah, I love to write. I love sports. So writing about sports and gambling on sports and talking and writing about gambling on sports has just been something I really enjoy to do. And I'm happy to be part of the team at Sports Gambling Podcast. Yeah, we're happy to have you. And you admitted something at the top of the show that this is your first podcast. So we're really excited to break your virginity here. Uh, yeah, I'm, I have been looking forward to it. I always thought it'd be uh, a fun way to sort of, you know, share what you know and share what you think. Um, and I'm hoping that, uh, you know, I will uh, do a good enough job to be invited back again. Of course. Well, uh, here we go. So we're going to start off with who you got this week. Uh, we're going to preview some games that we're looking at betting this week. Uh, keep in mind, this is Monday that we're recording this, so we don't have lines for these games yet. But this is just what we're eyeing that we think will look like good value. And I wanted to say that last week in this segment, I went two for three last week on my picks, uh, even though I didn't have the lines. Uh, I gave out Denver over Dallas. They won straight up and against the spread. I gave out Cavs over Pistons on Thursday. Uh, that one straight up and against the spread. And my third bet was uh, the over on Atlanta, Washington. Now, that was kind of a dumb bet to give out because I didn't <laughs> know the number, but I still said over since Atlanta and Washington don't play defense and they have a high pace of play. And, and when I did see the estimated total was at 240, I knew that was too high for a game where badly Bill was injured, but I was an idiot and I'd already made up my mind and I bet it anyway and lost money. And so that is up top. The lesson I wanted to give out for the week, you should don't make up your mind at the beginning of the week. Uh, make sure to keep up with the news and, and, and be willing to change your mind. I mean, that's like a pretty self-evident, but. I'm an idiot, and I still did that. So uh, these but picks. I think, I think Washington's been wild this year. I think one of the themes, at least so I see it for the season, has been how a team loses its best player, and it seems to not even matter. The Nets started playing a lot better once Kyrie went down. Bradley Beal is a great player, and it seems like Washington. You know, I don't want to say they don't miss him, but it seems to not make you know much of a difference in terms of some of the wins that they've had. But they're it certainly just, not you know, putting up as many points since he's begun when they've got like Josh McCray leading the charge. <laughs> Oh but uh, yeah, they no, they're still play, like for some reason that Washington team has been sneaky, uh, exciting to watch, and also sneaky good for what people thought they were going to be coming into the, which was one of the worst teams in the league. They thought they were going to be the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, well, they're they're kind of fun to watch, and in part because if you watch any college basketball, you're seeing lots of guys who you never thought you'd see on an NBA broadcast. <laughs> but uh, you know, like even yeah, like I said, like, the injuries have been wild. Like the the one the third team I want to mention, and it's probably no surprise. Like when Mike Conley went down in Utah, they have been surging lately. Uh, and I've never been a big Mike Conley guy anyway, but the, he was supposed to be the reason that this team was going to take the next level. He goes down. I think they've won either eight or nine in a row and they've covered it nine straight or something like that. They've just really taken off and it's been really, you know, interesting, especially from a handicapping perspective too, because you think, okay, the best players are not on the floor. Scoring's going to be down. They're probably going to struggle. And, and more often than not, fading or going with teams that just lost their best player has probably been a winning strategy. And there's an argument to me that Mike Conley is like their third best player, not even their best Easel. player. You're right. You're right. I take it back. <laughs> Maybe even their fourth best player. If you put, I put Joe Ingles in front of him. A lot of Utah fans would uh, put Joe Ingles in front of him. But mm -hmm. I will say that it seemed like Mike 
I hate to say this because obviously he's a really good player, but he seemed like he was the problem at the beginning of the season. He just could not fit into that system. Or I think it was they just have two small guards playing at the same time. They both need the ball a lot. It just doesn't feel like it's working with him and Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, he just seems like he's as old and slow as ever, and they don't want to play like an old and slow team. Yeah, um, you know his his days in Memphis. It seemed to really, really work. You know him and Gasol. Um, you know I shouldn't say it really, really worked. They only went so far, but um, they they knew what they wanted to do. And as soon as they got to Utah, it seemed like okay, they've upgraded a spot that they were not so great in because Ricky Rubio was only so good, and it should have made them better. But you know, it just hasn't. And uh, you know, it's, it, I, I think those things are always sort of weird because they're not necessarily indictments of the player at an individual basis. Same with Kyrie in, in Brooklyn. I didn't think that that was a smart move. Um, and the evidence showed that once he left, they were a better team without him. That doesn't mean that he's not great. But anyways, yeah. we, we want to look ahead to this week, right? Yeah, let's look ahead. You're the guest, so uh, what's the first game you'd like to preview this week? So before I even mention the game, I feel I was looking at the whole schedule, and I feel like this is the biggest dog's breakfast of a weekly schedule. There are almost no good teams playing other good teams. But the game that stands out is a Thursday night game. It's probably the best game of the week. I think there's going to be good value on it, too, even though those game of the week kind of scenarios usually get uh, bet up in all sorts of different ways. And it's Milwaukee at Boston. Yeah, no, that, I actually wrote that game down as well because you're right. That's the only big marquee game of the week, it looks like. Yeah, so obviously Milwaukee is top of the league. If you look at you know most metrics, they're either number one or number two, and for good reason. So the game is in Milwaukee, which obviously, you know, even more reason to favor the Bucs. Um, but I think Boston's going to be really good value on, in this game. I, uh, I really like the way they've been playing a lot lately. Um, when, the more and more I look at the combination of Hayward and Tatum and Brown and Walker and Smart when they decide to go really, really small, I think they are super, super, super tough to play against. Uh, obviously, if you go look at Milwaukee, Giannis is amazing. There's no way to, to take anything away from him. But I think after you get past Giannis, I think the next five or six best players are on Boston. Uh, they're playing great. They play good defense. I think that you know there are... There are some ways to uh, to try and defend Giannis, or at least make him a little less efficient. Uh, it's one of the ways that our, my Raptors came through in the playoffs last year, um, and I think that if they're going into that game where with Milwaukee at home, I could imagine the spread being maybe six or seven or eight points. I think Boston's going to be a great value to come in there, possibly steal the game, but at the very least, have it right down to the last possession. Yeah, so I was going back and forth on that one too, and that was going to be my first question for you. What I you thought the line was going to be? Um, Boston was a pick'em when they played in Philly last week, um, but obviously this Milwaukee team is a lot better than Philadelphia. So you're right; it could yeah. get up to six I, or seven. Yeah, I think like I don't actually Milwaukee has the best home court advantage. I think they draw well, but I don't think that's you know you know, a place that anyone goes and says, you can't win there. Um, They're just a good team. Like, you know, and Giannis is as much as any player in the game, if not more so, he's such a momentum player. Um, And he, you know, everything feeds off him. So what you have to do is 
just make him less efficient. I don't think you can slow, stop him. I think you just have to make him less efficient, get him to miss a couple threes because he's willing to take them. Um, you know, get out as best you can on the other guys. But you know, Boston. The more I watch those guys. They seem to finally be in sync. They seem to finally be able to find a way to share the ball. Um, Kemba Walker seems to fit in all the ways that Irving did not. Uh, and I also love when they th- when they throw it smart with those guys on the on the you know in all those scores because he's willing to guard a center if you need him to, um, and he's so unselfish. Yeah, he's a bulldog. Is, I mean, I, yeah, I, w- I would take him in a street fight about over just about anyone in the yeah. league. He'll guard anyone, like, and he'll guard. So he'll guard Giannis. He'll guard whoever they want. They want him. They want him to in terms of the matchups. And I just think that the way that they're playing, and obviously Milwaukee's playing great too. It's not a function of trying to catch Milwaukee in a bad spot or looking ahead, which you know is often you know good ways to handicap as well. I just think that Boston's going to come in. They're just you know they're just, they're just primed to come and have maybe their best game of the season. Uh, and if they play their best game of the season, then they can easily have an upset win. Yeah. Uh, I'll throw out a couple of numbers at you. Um, both teams have actually been struggling against the spread their last 10 games. Milwaukee is four and six against the spread, dating back to their uh, loss against Philly on Christmas. And Boston is actually three and seven against the spread. Uh, obviously, they've been winning, but they've been winning close. The Bucks were favored by three and a half points when uh, the Celtics beat them straight up in Boston, but that was back in October before people really knew how good this Boston team was. Uh, To me, I feel like this is a stay-away game. Um, I could change my mind leading up to it, depending on how these teams play this week, but um, I don't hate your Boston pick, but uh, I'm always scared uh, betting against Giannis. Yeah, I always feel those, those stay-away games most more often turn into games you bet at the last minute because you just can't stay away. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> you know, because you're, well, and especially when on a Thursday night, the NBA, they, you know, they're trying to do these game of the week kind of things. So you're going to tune in and you're going to be like, ah, what do I do? Like, you know, do I want to just watch this as a, as a, what sort of, as a, like an, as, as an agnostic viewer, or do I want to, you know, have a side and go for it? And, and I think as well, I think I'm sure you do this too. Like, you know, even just looking at things like the in-game stuff can be really, really valuable too. I think that sometimes when I'm, when I'm not sure, you know, sometimes I'll like, maybe if, let's say if, if Milwaukee's minus seven and they go up seven to three and all of a sudden I can get Boston plus nine, you know, with such a little action having taken place that I'm always looking for those kinds of opportunities too. But I, I like, I like this Boston team a lot. I hate to say it because they're in the same division as the Raptors, but um, <laughs> I think that they are just primed to actually be the team that we thought they were going to be when they started the season. Cause I think that people, I think when the season started, people thought the gap between Milwaukee and everyone else in the East wasn't going to be that great. Now we're sitting, I guess, what is it, New Year's, or almost halfway through January, and I think the Bucks have six losses or seven losses, and everyone yeah, else has about 12. That, yeah. So the gap has widened, I think, a lot more than people thought, and now is the time of year where maybe we can see the other teams you know, play a little catch-up. All right, great. Moving on to a game that... I picked the first game I picked is uh, I want to look at the Orlando Magic at Los Angeles Lakers on Wednesday. Now, the Magic have actually been looking a lot better. Uh, Fultz is looking like a whole nother player, uh, not the star we thought we were going to get, but definitely <laughs> has confidence. Uh, Vucevic looks like he's back in shape after his injury. Fournier has been playing great. 
Terrence Ross has been really solid for them off the bench. And they're also finding ways to play Kem Birch and Vucevic together. And, and Kem seems to be thriving in that role more so than he was when he was just filling in for Vucevic as the starting center. Uh, I'm not saying to take the magic, but I am saying definitely look at that line because I also I think Aaron Gordon uh, should be back by Wednesday as well. Magic are seven and three against the spread in their last ten, and they're four and one over their last five. And they ha- cover. They're also a good road team, covering fifty three percent of the spread uh, when they're on the road. So. Depending on what that line is, I definitely look to take the magic here. So I think with, if the Lakers are, you said the Lakers are at home for that one, right? Yeah. So it could be close to double digits, I'm, I'm guessing. Don't you think? Uh, yeah. I mean, certainly the magic have been playing better, so that might sway the line a little bit. But I would, this Lakers, is, this Lakers team is so public. Vegas is always hiking up the spread on them because they know people are going to bet it regardless. So I, th- I think it's a good opportunity to get the magic plus quite a few points. Yeah, I, I do definitely agree on the, on the Lakers side, which is they're super public. You know, any team with LeBron is going to be you put LeBron in the biggest market and it just magnifies to that effect. Um, I'm not so sold on Orlando. Um, I don't know if it's just because, again, a little recency bias, the way that Toronto ditched them out of the playoffs last year. I always just wonder, you know, in any game, where are the points going to come from? They seem to have their best score be Vucevic, yet they seem to never actually want to feature him as being their best scorer, um, which always drives me mad because he's the one player who, not that he's so elite, but seems to have or can have an advantage in a matchup. And it's just so many times down the floor where you see guys like Aaron Gordon take bad shots, Jonathan Isaac, when he was, hel- un- when he was healthy, take bad shots. And that's the thing that I always wonder, you know, I get nervous about Orlando or teams that just, truly struggle to score and I also get nervous even though I like Vucevic a lot when your best scorer is not a guy who handles the ball a lot because then it can really go long stretches where you just don't get a good look Um, and the Lakers as much as I'm not necessarily keen on them to win it all this year as maybe other people are um, they have so many ways to go to get buckets and if you can't score with them you know on a regular pace obviously they're not invincible but I just think that it's not a great, to my mind, it's just not a great matchup for, for Orlando. If it gets over double digits, if we're talking 11 points or so, then I might be keen on it. But I think anything under 10, uh, I would have to go against you on that one. I mean, I, that's a fair argument. I, I couldn't believe I was picking it like while I was picking it. But the Lakers have been 5-5 five and five against the spread over their last 10 games. So it's not like they've been running away with games. I feel like this may be like an East Coast, West Coast thing because you're on the West Coast, right? I am, yeah. You don't actually have the luxury slash agony of having seen a lot of Orlando Magic games live. (laughs) And if you watch them, especially, and I've, I've watched them at least, I can think of three or four times this year, it is a painful team to watch because they can go six minutes and not have a decent shot. You know, That's every team has fair, but every- I would say I was just watched them against the Suns, and even though they lost to the Suns, they looked really good for most of the game. And Fournier has been like a clutch scorer for them these late these few games. Yeah, Fournier is kind of interesting because I feel like he's the kind of player where if he's your fourth best player, then you have a great team. If he's your best option every time down the floor, which oftentimes he is for them, 
you're kind of wondering where's the rest of the guys that I drafted and they're supposed to be the all-stars of this team. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break right now for a word from our presenting sponsor. Uh, if you guys want to bet the games we just talked about, head over to mybookie.ag and use promo code SGP for a deposit bonus up to $1,000. You're going to need all that cash to bet M- every NBA game every night. Plus, if you're into MMA, McGregor versus the Cowboy fight is this weekend. You can use the prop creator to get a prop on any player you want. If you pick the wrong side, use their in-game wagering to limit the bleeding. You can use Bitcoin for deposits and withdrawals for super fast payments. Again, that's mybookie.ag, promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. So the next game I had was actually also, uh, ironically, another Lakers game. Um, I was actually looking to the, I think it's Saturday night, a, a tilt between the Lakers and the Rockets. Okay. Oh, yeah, uh, that's again, another big marquee game, I guess. Yeah, one of the few games that when I was looking through, thinking like, you know, again, what are the interesting games? What are the games where I think there can be some good value um, at the same time? If you're going to watch, you might as well have some fun betting on the game as well. Uh, and that one stood out to me. Obviously, you've got two teams that are really good. Um, two totally different kinds of teams, which I think is interesting. Um, and, you know, for me, I think this is a great spot to, to look at Houston. Um, I think even though the Lakers, I'm pretty sure, are the road team. I hope I got that right. Um, uh, I think they might even be. It wouldn't surprise me if they were a small favorite. Or you know, probably the game is maybe a plus two, minus two either way. So mm-hmm. I think it's one of those cases where whoever wins the game is likely going to cover. Um, I love Houston at home. I'm growing into a higher level of appreciation of James Harden. Um, I know that he gets his, you know, maligned here, there, and everywhere for doing things that don't seem like you're supposed to be able to do on a basketball court. Yeah, well, I went uh, to Arizona State, so I've been on James Harden okay. Truther for his whole career. Well, I think I think the amazing thing about it is, you know, you can argue whether something's a travel sometimes, or you know how he like how, but. You can't argue with the results, and you can't argue with the fact that he's adjusted his game to the way that referees call the game. Yeah. So he's not know, the, always it, the most exciting player to watch, but at the end of games, when he's hitting those step back threes on a consistent basis, I don't see why people think that that's boring. No, I agree, and I think that it's 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 like it's again, it's not the style that you would necessarily start up if you were starting a franchise from scratch. But you have this player; he's unique. He's super skilled. He's proven that he can play in the big moments. And I think that if you get into a game with the Lakers, even if it's a tight one, you know, like they are more than comfortable of letting them take the last 20 shots of a game. And yeah. uh, if that's what, if that's what it takes to win, I think that the, it's also one of the interesting things about, about Houston is that lots of other teams, you know, you find a way that someone gets double team, triple team, and eventually the ball gets to somebody else and somebody else takes the shot and you win or lose. But in Houston, they're like, we're just going to ride this out. You know, we're, 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 they're going to sometimes they in the, that Utah series last year when they were guarding him from behind mm-hmm. uh, and doing all that sorts of weirdo stuff. Like it seems like no matter what kind of junk um, defenses teams throw at Houston, they're more than happy to say, this is our guy. We're going to basically live or die with him 90% of the time down the stri- down the stretch. And in a game like against, against the Lakers where it's, it's gotta be close. I don't see Houston running away from them. Um, but if it's, you know, plus two, plus three, minus two, minus three, I love Houston to get a big win at home um, in a game where there's going to be some, some good energy. It's going to be an electric atmosphere and hopefully a playoff preview. 
you know, it's hard to bet against the Lakers, and I know that uh, I said bet against them on Wednesday. You're saying bet against them on Saturday. We might look like fools, but that's you make a good case. Uh, wise guy, do you have another game you wanted to throw out there for this week? Yeah, I got one more that I'm looking at. Uh, now I can't remember if it's Saturday or Sunday. And the reason it caught my attention is because I think we'll see it could be the debut of one Zion Williamson. As as sports gamblers, we're always looking for any game that where there may be more hype than yeah. there should be. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that this could definitely be one of those. If we're talking a regular run-of-the-mill Clippers versus Pelicans matchup from, let's say, last month, it would seem like the Clippers would run away with it, crush the Pelicans, and we wouldn't even think twice about it. But, uh, sorry, it's, it's Saturday, not um, not on Sunday. 3.30 uh, p.m. And it's the Clippers at New Orleans? Clippers at New Orleans. Okay. Yeah, like I think it's obviously an interesting game, especially if, if Zion plays. Um, we've been all waiting for that to happen for a long time now um how much he plays how well he plays all that stuff will be interesting it doesn't you know i think it'll certainly juice up the side or people looking at new orleans which is what i'm hoping for because if you look at that team closely right now they are decimated by injuries yeah. uh, some guys are either out or questionable but ingram holiday um, there's a, they're basically their two best players now in a pre-Zion universe. Um, they've been in and out of the lineup, you know, even when they're in, they're playing all right. But they, this is a team that didn't have much depth to begin with. And I was writing about a game where there was just the other day, and I think like their top four scores were expected to miss the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the Clippers are really good. Um, you never know on a day-to-day basis whether you're going to get uh, Kawhi in the lineup or not. Um, but even if he's, if this is one of those games, I think you know there's still going to be a lot of value with them. And when they get going, they can destroy anyone. So if we're getting a little extra value on the New Orleans side just with the hype, um, expecting the probably the, the Clippers to still maybe be, I would think, at least maybe a seven-point favorite on the road, they can easily win that game by 15. Uh, we got to take another quick break for a ad, uh, and we'll be right back. Uh, can you believe it's conference championship week uh time's up for two of the teams playing this weekend but you still have time to feed your fantasy fix with DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy football draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before every run throw catch mean more with DraftKings lineup on the line it's simple just draft your lineup stay under the sour cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition nothing adds to this sweat like of watching the game quite like having a free shot of over $750,000 with your first deposit. For a limited time, all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. That's some extra cash to play throughout the playoffs. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code SGP. For a limited time, both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500 on your next deposit. New users, be sure to enter the code SGP during signup and you'll get a free shot of at over $750,000 with your first deposit. That's code SGP and you can get a deposit bonus up to $500 only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Yeah, okay, so moving on, um, I wanted, I had thrown this out there. Are there any trends that you've noticed this season that 
have helped you gambling or won you some money or you would just like to throw out there as something to watch? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if I'm so much of a trends person, to be honest. Like, I think that everything to me, it sounds lame, but it's, it's a, like context is everything. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, even the things we were talking about before about how these, you know, these star players are going down and the teams are playing better without them. I don't know if that's like a real trend I think it, it's sort of interesting to watch and you see or see it evolve over time um, I think that you know I, I always find it interesting that you've got so many teams that are shooting a ton of three-pointers and shouldn't uh, I know everyone wants to be like the Golden State Warriors and that makes a lot of sense given mm-hmm. their recent success but I think what people forget is it's not so much about the math of it all it's that if you have a team with the two best shooters in the league they should probably take a lot of three pointers because otherwise you're wasting that talent. So if you have you know staff and clay, why not let them take 33 pointers in a game and take your chances that way? I think that's, you know, I think teams that are forcing it and, you know, and Toronto did it a bit last year and even sometimes this year, like teams sometimes seem to be forcing the three point shot more um, than you'd like as far as both watching good games and also just the predictability because three-point shot you know the good teams are shooting you know at one level and the bad teams are shooting at a much lower level but even the bad teams have good games shooting it once in a while so it's a hard sort of metric to sort of say you know all the time do that so i find i find that you know less so than the trends is i try and watch as much basketball as i can as it sounds sort of simple and basic yeah um but and, and think through the matchups you know like there are still some players in the league that are really really tough to guard and they create you know, huge problems for any team, you know, like LeBron can still do it. Um, you know, a guy who, who does it all the time and on a team that, you know, drives me nuts is uh, Drummond with Detroit. You know, when you watch what he does on the basketball court, he is basically unstoppable. Um, yet they can't seem to put anything around him. So he puts up these monster games and I see, I see that he, you know, had 24 points and 22 rebounds and I still wonder why they can't cover in the ball game. Um, but I, yeah, I, I tend to be more about, you know, context, situational stuff. Um, I know you were asking me, I think a question before about advanced metrics, um, that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. like, there's lots of fun stuff out there. I just find that, <clears throat> and it's going to sound like an old timer now, like some of that stuff just gets worked into the equation a little bit too easily that everyone's looking at the same stuff and you have to find, you know, one of the things that sort of speak to you more. Um, than what the algorithms are saying. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. I totally understand where you're coming with that. And uh, I agree. There's really no substitute for just watching a bunch of games and getting a feel for these teams that you're betting on. But speaking about the three-pointers, you know, a lot of Milwaukee's success that people are pointing to this season is Giannis having doubled his three-point frequency and uh, he's up from 25.6% to 32.7%. And it seems like it has really just opened up the floor for that team. And when he gets cold from three-point line, that that is when they really seem to struggle. Like, he went 0 for 7 against the Sixers on Christmas Day, and they just got swept off the floor. Yeah, Giannis is a great example, and I think for, for two reasons. One... You can see the growth of his game with his shooting. 
because mm-hmm. um, I think I think you know in his rookie year, first couple seasons, he was like not even in at twenty percent. Now he's confident enough to take that shot because if he never takes it, then that hurts the team. Um, I think like that. There's no doubt that the three point shot is equalizer, magic bullet, whatever you want to call it. Like it's 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 there. It's not going anywhere. I just find it you know still sort of you know trite or interesting when teams feel like any three point shot taken by any player is better than a two point shot taken by a player who knows how to make two point shots. Um, we had DeMar DeRozan for years and he was one of the most efficient two point shooters in the game. Um, we didn't win the championship with him, but that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> yeah. Kind of put a ceiling on your guys' team. Yeah. Well, I think the interesting thing about him was like, in all fairness to DeMar DeRozan, the, the most obvious thing to say is that he's just not as good as Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. So if you take if you take a player and replace him with another player who is literally better at better than him in every category, your team gets better for having the for having the difference. Um, you know, I think that you know when you watch those teams carefully, like they were a good team that wasn't good enough to beat a LeBron led team. Um, you know that we didn't have to do that last year. I'm not sure that puts an asterisk on anything, but it's just the truth. Um, but yeah, I think that you know like the sh- the shooting part is is a huge thing. But I think if you watch almost like any team, any, 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 every one of us has a favorite team and every one of us has a player on our favorite team. Who's taking too many three pointers because uh, the guys, the guy, the guys who should take them do. And yeah. then there's everybody else. Well, I agree, but I, I agree. Not everybody should be taking three pointers, but you go to the other end of that spectrum and you watch a Spurs game and they're shooting all twos. And though they have good, some of the they have two of the best mid-range suitors on their team. They have two stars, DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge, and they suck this year. I don't think either of those guys are ever making the all-star team. Yeah, well, and we just lost to them, so that's a little, that's on, you're, you're, you're rubbing salt on a very <laughs> fresh wound. Um, and it was because DeMar went off in the second half, and it wasn't because he made five three-pointers. I don't even know. If he well, he, to. yeah, he took that trade really personal, so I think he's going to try to go off on you guys whenever he comes back. Very true. They they made it. There was a point coming into the game that it was his was first chance to see the banner, because he don't. They obviously came through Toronto last year, but they hadn't won the championship yet. This year he had. Him and Kyle Lowry are always have been buddies forever. Um, but yeah, like I, like San Antonio is a bit sort of shocking, just in terms of how just how generally bad they've been. Obviously, they've been you know a standard bearer for the league for a long time. They've won a bunch of championships. It seems like everything they do, they you know turns to gold. They find all these undiscovered players. Um, but then someone told me, or it was the other day, that Popovich, I think, turned 71 in this month. Um, so maybe it's just kind of, hey, times are changing a bit, and you know, maybe he's not putting in the prep, or just you know, doesn't have the same pulse of the team as he used to. I don't, I don't know. Um, he's a big yeah, wine aficionado. Maybe he's just drinking way too much. Because I, I think their problem, like, I feel like San Antonio is a weird team because they have. Some interesting players like Derek White, who they just don't seem to know how to use. You know, anytime you uh, you listen or read online about, you know, could they make a move? Everyone's like, oh, Derek White's untouchable. I'm like, if he's so untouchable, give him 20 shots a game. Yeah, um, I don't understand why they're not playing Dejounte Murray and Derek White more together. Yeah, because they could they could be a really good, you know, defensive team on the wing for sure. DeRozan's mm-hmm. not great on defense, but those two guys are great athletes and could definitely you know improve the defensively there. And they don't. I would say their offensive games are maybe unpolished, but they're athletic enough that they can do some do some good things. And 
you know, they, like I said, they, it just seems to be a weird uh, meshing of parts in San Antonio, and they're kind of in a they're kind of screwed because like the way the West is shaping up right now with mm-hmm. Dallas taking a huge leap, and I can't even believe Oklahoma City is as good as they've been. I was looking just in advance of this show. Yeah. I said, if you've if you've been back in Oklahoma City all this year, you've made more units than anything. They lead the NBA in. Uh, They've been uh, units, and they're really fun to watch too. I did not expect to like that team, and I find myself tuning in on League Pass way often, way more often than not when they're playing. And um, yeah, I mean, everybody was so sure that Chris Paul would not be there the whole season, and at this point, I don't see why they would trade him. Their three best players play the same position. It's the most bizarre, you know, like roster construction you would think of. And again, partly because I think everyone thought that Chris Paul would. Would, wouldn't play there or would play there for such a short period of time because they could find somewhere else to, mm-hmm. to send him. But him and Shea, Gilgis Alexander, and Dennis, I never know how to pronounce it, whether it's Schroeder, Schroeder, yeah. Schroeder. But they all play the same position. And somehow They're making three point guards actually seem to work. I mean, yeah. Phoenix tried doing that for a while with Dragic, Isaiah Thomas, and um, Eric Bledsoe. And it actually was pretty scary while it worked, but the egos all got in the way and they ended up having to trade IT for nothing. So if they were able to keep their egos in check, I don't see why it couldn't work in today's league. Yeah, it, it's very interesting. I think I think maybe one of the reasons it works in uh, in for Oklahoma City is that you've got, you know, like Paul, I don't want to say he's the alpha dog, but he's like the, obviously the very established player. Mm-hmm. You know, Schroeder's, you know, Sure, he's a European player, so I think that sometimes like the some of the ego stuff that you that you know doesn't get as big for some of those guys. They're like they didn't grow up, you know, always dreaming about playing in the NBA, and this is the whole big thing, and they're done. And then Shea is just kind of still new at it. So he's 19 years old, or 20, maybe he's 20 now. He's from Canada, so he's not going to ruffle any feathers. Yeah, I heard he uh, and Paul have actually been really close this season. So yeah. like he's taking him under his wing. So don't dispute typical Canadian values when you're building a championship team. <laughs> It's, uh, um, it's a perfect mix of saying you can have your turn as long as I get my turn. Well, there you go. And there's more and more Canadians in the league now, so maybe that's why. And now a quick break from a word from our sponsors. Ever thought of starting your own sports book but don't know how? Ace Per Head is here to help you start your own sports book. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wagers graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Per Head offers live betting and an amazing mobile experience. Get started today and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. PropSwap is America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. All season long, PropSwap customers have been finding some of the best odds in the world. Because you're buying the bet from another person and not betting against the house. You can always find great deals. Last weekend, a better who wagered $20 on the Titans to win the Super Bowl at 301 odds in November sold that ticket on PropSwap for $550. That's like hitting a 26 to 1 long shot for the seller, and the buyer received odds of 10 to 1 on their purchase. Also, use the promo code SGP and send in a screenshot to podcast at sportsgamblingpodcast.com to get a free Lock Dog Tees shirt. 
Sign up for PropSwap.com today, and they will give you a 100% match on your first deposit. Just enter the promo code SGP, that's S-G-P, at the time of deposit, and PropSwap will match it up to $100. That's PropSwap.com today, void where prohibited. All right, we're back with Wise Guy. Do you have an advanced stat of the week for me? I know you said you don't totally believe in them. But do you have one you'd like to throw out and explain to me? Yeah, I think I think the one that I most sort of use and don't always in terms of like you know looking in the in the tables, but it's it's more about pace of play. Um, mm-hmm. So I do like to see who's playing fast, who's playing slow. Sometimes that is you know stereotypes because um, you know sometimes you know some often teams that you know don't change their style too much year to year. But I love you know looking at. Um, you know, like especially on the total side of things and trying to do, do what I'm doing, my handicapping, saying like, okay, is this, do I think this is going to be a fast game or a slow game? Um, and then using that to try and, you know, see where I think the totals are going to go. If we think it's going to be a slow game, one by the home team, you know, how that factors in, or a fast game, one by the road team. So I think that like that is, you know, I don't know if it's really like an advanced stat, you know, like something that you can find on NBA.com. So I feel like once I mean, the, once things are yeah, up, yeah, they still put it under the advanced stats. It's like yeah. under the Hollinger like I, stats on ESPN. So those are advanced stats, yeah. sure. Yeah, well, I feel like like once things are on like the website of the actual league, then it's like losing all of its cool factor. You know, these things are supposed to start off in those like nerd caves where someone's been cranking algorithms in secrecy for for a decade, like Bill James style. But, um, yeah, I think that, you know, like, you know, then trying to, you know, again, going with the pace of play, trying to look at things like, you know, are they on a back-to-back? How do those things change for being on the road versus home? Does it make a difference in terms of their opponents? Um, you know, because I think that those things, you have to sort of visualize how the game's going to play out mm-hmm. um, as much as whether a team's going to win by five points or lose by seven or whether each team's going to score 110. Because um, I think that, again, those, you know, there's just so much data that gets worked into that you know bucks minus six that you have to you know take something from somewhere that says this is why i think for sure because when whenever we bet anything we always think it's a for sure kind of a bet yeah. you know why this why this side and not the other because if you're hesitating you might as well just watch it as a fan you gotta Absolutely. at least in that moment think for sure <laughs> Well, I mean, it's good that you bring up pace because that's that's one of the advanced stats that I probably use the most, especially for when I'm making my DraftKings lineups. I I like to, you know, obviously play the uh, players that are on teams with a high pace of play because they'll just put up more points. And, uh, you know, when I'm betting the over-unders, that's something I always look at. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I think we always knew it existed, you know, like if you look like classic like Showtime Lakers, everyone you know watch those games. Those games always had a brisk pace to it, mm-hmm. versus you know the Bulls in their heyday seem to play a little bit slower. Um, you know, let Jordan you know get out of his way, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think you have to. And again, like it's, to my mind, it's it's less about you know I always like to think like which team do I think is going to be able to do a good job dictating the pace of play. You know, it's some people like to say that it is going to be the home team. They you know the whistle, you know the refs play their part in it. It's not always the case. Like Milwaukee's pretty good about getting you running, no matter where they happen, no matter where the game happens to take place. Uh, you mentioned Orlando before; like they're pretty good about slowing things down. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, matter, no matter where they're playing, 
So, you know, once you factor that in, again, like you're getting in that, into that correlated space, right? You know, if, if Milwaukee's going to play a slower game, are they still going to be able to beat a bad team by 13 points? Uh, maybe, because they're just that good. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of really bad teams. Um, but, you know, like you want to just make sure that you're not assuming that this is just sort of a normal game under normal circumstances, because there's just too much, there's too much going on. Is there, are there any other, like, general observations that you've learned from this season? I think the, you know, like, when you think about the NBA season, I think the, the interesting thing that, that I find is it seems like we know a lot about the team so far, but they haven't even in most cases, or they're just past, like, playing about half the season. Mm-hmm. So it's hard, you know, it's easy. We're getting to that point where we have to start believing in as much as what we've seen, as much of what we thought we were going to see coming into the season. You know, the first five, ten games, it's easy to kind of say, well, they're just sort of starting slow or they're starting fast. Now teams kind of are what they are. I thought Atlanta was going to be a bit better than they were mm-hmm. or than they are right now, but they have, I think, eight wins when I saw it this yeah. morning. No, it's, um, you know, like, they, yeah, they're just like, Trey Young is exciting to watch, so that's kind of good, and John Collins seems like a decent player, but... They are just terrible most of the, most nights, and they don't seem to be want to be getting better. Um, Cam Reddish is another one of my my guys that I like to harp on for a rookie who all of a sudden, you know, exactly does not have the skills we knew he did not have as a collegiate player. Um, yeah, and the knock on him coming out of it was that he is not a hard worker. So I don't know why they would think he would develop those skills if he's not a gym rat. Yeah. Well, and then conversely, just if we want to talk about some other young players, like I love what I'm seeing with Memphis. They hit on both of their draft picks. John Morant's been amazing. Mm-hmm. Brandon Clark is, if you if you like those Hollinger stats, is like the highest rated rookie I think of all time. Yeah, um, and he's like and, meshing like perfectly with Darren Zaxon. So they look like a yeah. great young core. Yeah, like if you, if you could throw out, I think there's like I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. They're still a little bit out. But if you if you get to the end of the season and you could say, hey, could we throw out the first twenty games and just do it based on the last sixty two? You might actually be surprised how how good they have been. Well, so anybody that- can get that eighth spot in the West right now. It seems like so. I think they might actually be in it right now. Yeah, and, and like, as I said, like you know, there's there's a bunch of teams that were supposed to be kind of on the verge this year that haven't hit. Uh, Sacramento was one of those injuries; certainly didn't help them when Bagley went down on the opening yep. uh, game of the season. But even once he's been back, they really haven't hit things. And I don't know the, the probably the team I've lost the most money on this season. I don't know what's going on with these guys. Is Portland? Uh, oh, obviously, they, yeah. I no one expected them to be this bad coming, especially after making the Western Conference Finals last year. And Whiteside's been amazing. Hassan yeah. Whiteside's yeah, been, his has, numbers are like through the roof. Has been as good as anyone. So they're like, I don't know if it's a, if it's like a more like almost like a baseball thing where they talk about cluster luck and they just kind of can't make like those one or two plays a game that would actually win them the game. Um, but yeah, like it's one of those things where you keep and I, I know I'm guilty of it where I keep saying. They can't be this bad. They have to start winning some of these games, um, which is why I was saying that, you know, like we're at that point of the year where, you know, you do all the homework in the offseason. And in some cases, you're just kind of wrong about where a team's going to be. And if you can't cut bait fast enough, then you're going to be at the end of the year going, oh, my God, I can't believe how many times I've backed them. Because like, yeah. now teams just are what they are. Like, you know, the NBA is not usually huge on, you know, trades happening and teams really you know, swinging for the fences and then all of a sudden becoming great when they were mediocre the way that some other sports are. Um, but, uh, you know, like, it's tough to give up on that preseason homework. 
Yeah. No, I hear you. Uh, but you're right. It's you have to. We're almost halfway through this season, and and this is the time where you have to let go of your beliefs from the beginning of the season and just really work with what the data you've been given. Wise guy, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, what's your throughout your Twitter handle again? Um, it's, it's at the wise guy. So, so T H E W I E S G U Y. Basketball, gimme, gimme, gimme the ball because I'm gonna dunk it. It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.